from my experience, the better you are at finding pain and getting to that level of emotion, the less price resistance you're going to have. It's a rule you can take to the bank. I promise you. And, I, and I'm not saying that you're not going to get price resistance. You'll even find that you found tons of pain and they just, for whatever reason, they can't afford it or they got, they got, they have other things going on in their life that are more painful that they have to solve first. I'm just saying that the better you get at finding pain and getting to that level of emotion, the less price resistance you're going to get. Hey everyone, welcome back to another great episode of Out of the Hourglass. This week, we're bringing something different to the table. We're featuring an excerpt from the most recent Sales Fundamentals Bootcamp, facilitated by NCG Senior Business Coach Andrew Amrine and Jim Falk, Senior Estimator at Nolan Painting and Sales Trainer and Consultant with Nolan Consulting Group. The Sales Fundamentals Bootcamp focuses on the execution of the original sales process, implementation of sales behaviors, techniques, and next step plans to structure your selling process. This particular excerpt of the conversation highlights the importance of asking budget questions. As Andrew and Jim say, you don't need to know your price to ask about their budget. When it comes to qualifying a prospect, there is perhaps no more important step than making sure that the future client is able to pay for your product or service. While this step is important, it is often approached with dread or trepidation by salespeople. What if the question is asked and the budget won't allow for the purchase? Or what if the prospect refuses to tell you their budget range? Andrew and Jim walk us through the importance of this step, as well as offer strategies, word tracks, and questions to ask. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get out of the hourglass. I'm going to start to start our next the next phase, the next step uh, milestone in the process by saying this. It's okay to like yourself even when others at times may not. I find myself saying this to my to my kids. Actually, I said it to Dorothy, my six-year-old, yesterday. You know, Dorothy, it's okay to feel good about yourself even when you don't, don't get what you want. Mm-hmm. Of course, that doesn't make her feel any better. But eventually, those word tracks will, will come back uh, as she grows up. Why am I bringing this up? Well, money is a natural part of the decision-making process. Further, I don't have to know my price in order to understand their budget. At what point are we going to deal with the fact that we're not the cheapest? And I don't want to be the cheapest. And is what role is money going to play in your decision-making process? Mm-hmm. Now, Jim, I'm going to steal your thunder because you you taught me this line, which is, I don't know about you guys, but I don't have any customers sending me blank checks and saying, come on and do the work. Money is a natural part of this process. The cumulative effect of the bond of rapport that you've tested and gained in finding their pain 
is now leading to this point. So see this as, as part of your qualifying that I don't even know if, if, I, if this person wants what I'm selling, I don't even know if I'm selling what they want. So the, see it as a cumulative effect of the process itself. Anybody that's done any amount of selling I, th I think would know that everybody's got their price. Un unfortunately, the amateur finds that out after, not before. Wow, that's a little too high. Oh, so you did have a budget all along. Okay, so I, everybody's got a budget. As professionals, I've got to find that out before I make my presentation. Where are we? Are we even playing the same sport here? Are we in the same ballpark? And I need to find out what the other customer is thinking. I mentioned it before, you know, I, I give customers a lot of credit, a lot of space or, or prospects, a lot of space in this area. And this is for me too, Nolan, Nolan Consulting Group. You know, there are people that have never worked with a business coach before. They've got no idea what this is going to cost. But I, I asked them anyway. They, they don't want to look like an idiot in front of someone they consider to be an expert. That's true for property managers, business owners, homeowners, general contractors. I'd say especially GCs. There's like a special breed of egoism that GCs have. Everyone, some, for some, not all, some. And they don't want to give up any perceived leverage that they think they might have. So again, that's that in competition with. So now we have a place where we can confirm, is the other person perceiving me as working with them or in competition with them? The one word track for me that, that, many years ago that hit me like a ton of bricks was simply, have you thought about what something like this might cost? It takes the pressure off me. It confirms the bottom rapport that I've worked on, that I've the trust that I've worked on getting. Do I have their trust? Something that, that I gravitated towards when I first started learning this process. So I went from Pella Windows, which was very much the dog and pony show, features and benefits, get in, get out, window, you know, if, if, if you leave the house, it's over type thing, to then Nolan Painting and then Nolan Consulting Group. I gravitated towards the, well, you owe me, you like, you owe me a budget, you owe it to me. And so I, for a, a lot of years, probably eight or 10, eight, eight years, that's how I coached it. So in peer groups and things was they owe you. And I had a lot of people that gravitated towards, you know, I'm going to get my head around. They owe me a budget. And then I started encountering situations where that didn't work for some people. And I, re I realized from, from them that the entire process, there is another point to this in that it is for the customer's benefit that I wanna talk about price. If, if we're not in the same ballpark, I want them to fall down in front of me 
the best place for them to be shocked by a price is in front of me. Not after I've left and now I send them the bid. The, the best way to not get a phone call back, a no call, no show to a next step agreement is to surprise somebody with price. I don't know if I, I've been in this situation on my end, getting work done around the house, the budget wasn't talked about. All right, they didn't ask budget. I'm wondering where this is gonna come in. Uh, set of stairs for our deck, couple, couple other things. And sure enough, you know, somebody sends in a price that's like, wow, this is ridiculous. Hmm. And why did I think that? Because they didn't bring it up. Now there's, there's a feeling of violation almost that now as, as a customer might feel in getting a price that's so out in their opinion, so outlandish, something that was nowhere near what they were expecting. I've just lost any bond and rapport or trust that I had. And so what's the likelihood of being able to talk to that customer again? I mean, pretty small, right? If, they, if, if I've sent a customer an estimate with a price that's nowhere near what they were expecting, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but the chances of them answering a next step agreement is pretty low. When it comes to qualifying a prospect, there's probably no more important step than making sure that a future customer can pay for what you want and that they value what you're selling. Sure, all of us have been there. There's a Mercedes in the driveway or the, for this property looks fantastic. Of course, they, of course they value our services, right? They got, man, they got amazing cars. This is an amazing house. This is gonna be an easy sell. These people have tons of money. It's gonna be an easy sell. Only to find out three weeks later that they went with the cheapest bidder because your, your price was too high. They didn't value your particular service. Or maybe you were competing against a different contractor. So a question that I would add now at this point to the pain funnel. So at the, top of, at the top of this page, what I would ask you to write down is this, what would it mean to solve this pain? Boy, I, Jim, I can't imagine how you were feeling at that point. He shares with me his pain. You know, Jim, I, you know, just an honest question, you know, what, what would it mean to solve this pain, to not have to go through that again? Ah, uh, well, you know, it really wasn't that bad. I, you know, we're just looking for somebody to get it fixed. It really wasn't that big of a problem. <laughs> All right. What's our sense of what they're willing to pay? Or gosh, Jim, I, I, I just, I never want to go through that again. I, my boss was mad at me. My customer, you know, the, the property tenants were mad at me. I don't ever want to go through that again. I've got an indication that, okay, somebody's willing to pay for this. All right, so let's walk through some basic scenarios around uh, talking about budget and decision. Discussion starters, very simple. I'm guessing you heard, you've heard we aren't the cheapest. Chances are the prospect has done the research on you. So just acknowledge it. They already know you're the most expensive. I've got bond and rapport. So I'm you know, Mrs. Jones, I've kind of a funny thing to say, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you've heard we're, you know, we're really not the cheapest. Number two, have you thought about what something like this might cost? My, my personal favorite, 
You know, Mrs. Jones, there's there's a lot of ways to go about a project, you know, including materials from twenty to sixty dollars a gallon, or or you know, plywood is extremely expensive now. You know, let, defining uh, different levels of prep. You know, this this price could go a lot of different ways based on the options you choose. Have you thought about what something like this might cost? We tend to not be the cheapest bidder. If I am, uh, let me know because I, I probably missed something. Jacked a little humor. Ballparking. Ballparking is a situation where uh, you would give someone a high and a low range. Often, if you're if the a response you'll get is, well, Jim, that's why you're here. So if uh, so if if a Jim, if if you were to say we're to role play it real quick. So if sure. you if you asked about price or budget using your word track, hmm. uh, what would that sound like? Well, I so as you know one of my favorite word tracks when entering into a budget discussion, which we now know is an intellectual dis discussion, right? We, we've addressed the emotional need. Now we're, we're justifying, helping them justify the decision and gain a better understanding. So the way I approach it, I'll give you three words. Write these down. I don't know if they're in the book. Off the record. That is far none my almost always go-to technique if, if a budget has not been flushed out at this point. You know, Andrew, as, as I mentioned earlier today and when we uh, first met, I wanted to give you a little bit of a better idea on now that I have an, a good idea of the scope, how long the project would take as well as the overall cost. Uh, as I mentioned, I, I, I understand cost is always part of the consideration process. From a timing standpoint, based on what you want, what you'd like to accomplish, I would anticipate we're probably going to need about a week or so to get everything done. And I'll, I'll put some finer points on that, but at least give you a, a ballpark idea uh, off the record. Um, did, did you guys have any idea what a project like this would cost or did, did you have a, a budget set aside for this particular project? Well, honestly, Jim, I, I got to tell you, we, we, we really have no idea. I honestly, that's why you're here. Yeah, well, it, and that, it's not uncommon. I mean, this is not something you do every day. Um, if I could share with you, just as I was walking through ballparking, some of my labor costs, material costs, basing it on similar similar homes that we've done recently. Right now, I'd see the project coming in the range somewhere between six to seven thousand. So that's labor materials. That would be everything included, um, based on our discussion scope of work. If I came back with a proposal in that range, is, would that be something you'd, you'd be comfortable with? Yeah, I mean, you know, we 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 figured it would be expensive, mm. um, but okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, don't mean to pry, but I, I get the feeling it's not quite what you anticipated. Well, it's it's that's at the high end of our budget for okay. sure. Okay. For sure. So um, probably not something you're really overall comfortable with. No, no, I, it's fine. Okay. It's, it's fine. Uh, I, you know, we, we know you guys do great work and I really appreciate the work you're putting in. So I, I would, I would consider it. Okay. All right. And there's also any number of options we could talk about. I may have some ideas to help defray the cost a little bit. Um, so if you'd like to have that discussion, I'm happy to as well. Great. All right. So you're not this step, you may not always get a clear black and white answer. So why are we asking? Let's ask ours, let's go back to the point. 
first, the first reason why you're bringing up budget is to establish the fact that you may not be, may, may not be the least expensive contractor. So using off the record, using let's pretend, if we, if we flip that role play around, you know, so, so picking up where, where I said, um, or let's, let's pretend you say, uh, well, Jim, Andrew, that's why you're here. Mm -hmm. So, well, Jim, I, I appreciate you sharing that. And it, it makes a lot of sense. You don't do this every day. Yeah. You know, typically what we find is, is, you know, we end up not being the cheapest as we talked about, you know, if you get, if you're, if you're going to get three estimates, you know, we'd, we'd mentioned that if, if you needed some references, I'd be, I'd be happy to give you some other reputable contractors to compare cost with, you know, the chances are we aren't going to be the cheapest. In fact, we're usually the most expensive, you know, at, at that point, you know, is, is there any reason you would still go with us, even though we might, we might not be the cheapest? Yeah. I mean, as I mentioned, in previous previous experiences, we we've made the mistake of hiring based on price, and uh, hasn't quite worked out the way we had hoped. So, of course, price is a consideration, but honestly, it's not the most important part of this at this moment. So, first, circle back. What did I just find? Another problem. Now there's more pain for me to peel back. Well, I, you know, Jim, I I appreciate you sharing that with me. I, I guess. Was there something you expected to be different or, or happen that didn't happen that you were expecting last time? And you're really uh, put me on the spot here. <laughs> Impromptu role play. But anyway, so we, we can pause there. But I, I want you guys to see, number one, we just need to establish that you are not going to be the cheapest. It, money is a natural part of the decision-making process. The worst possible thing I can do is send someone an estimate that is way outside of what they were expecting. People expect things all over the place, right? Some, some even regardless of how wealthy they may or may not be, people have different prices in their head. So I'm taking a total risk sending them an estimate without digging down on this. Hmm. Two, it, are they willing to pay more to get what they want? Is there any reason you might go with us? In other words, is there any pain that I have not found yet? Because maybe we talked about some, some pain points, but none of that they were really willing to pay for. So the question of what would it mean to solve that pain? What would it mean to you to solve that pain? Or are there any reasons why you might still choose us? Is there any meaningful pain that I have not found yet? That's the real buying decision. I can't imagine many of you have been in this situation that you thought you had a customer come to find out three weeks later, they didn't pick you. And there was something else that was the issue that was behind, was behind things. Yeah. Don't take no for an answer. What does that sound like? So yes, sometimes people will be very uncomfortable and maybe you haven't achieved enough bond and rapport for someone to really share their price. There are protective people out there. Here's what I would arm you with. You know, Jim, I understand it, you know, it really might be uncomfortable to share your price range. 
maybe maybe because you you've been taken advantage of in the past or you don't want to feel taken advantage of you know that said i would say at some point you'll need to choose a contractor and share with them your price ranges our customers tell us they they choose us because they know and trust we're going to give them the most for their money which is really my goal is is to pack the agreement full as full as i can um and that's what we're they trust that we're doing that with their money mm-hmm. and so i i hope at some point you know we can reach a point where we can be open about that mm-hmm. perfectly reasonable question now i may have to move on and come back and i may, I may have some trust work to do um and then if we go to the next page so some more word tracks here off the rich so jim's off the record let's pretend um stopping in the middle um, especially when you're looking at a, uh, something that might be a really large estimate you know if just looking at this you know have you thought about what something like this might cost just looking at this particular room it may take several days you know we're in the 1200 range for this particular section Am I in the same ballpark? Are we thinking, are we playing the same game? Am I, am I where, you know, I need to be in, in order to earn your business? So getting little yeses along the way. Um, so Jim, before I move on to decision, anything to add that you wanted to add there? I got lots to add. I love, nice. this, I love this subject. It's so important. Well, it's so important. Once upon a time, I, I hated this subject because I did not feel comfortable talking about money with clients. And that, again, a lot of it was my own personal head trash early on. I'm like, I'm, I'm charging 15,000 to paint some of these interior. I had head trash wrapped around the prices we were charging and, and the value that we were bringing. I had to work through that, right? The base of the, tr- the success triangle. But once I did, it was really just a matter of technique, right? So couple things I jotted down here. I know I sound like a broken record. I'm going back to the importance of setting the table one more time, your foundation. Remember the, my critical components of setting the table naturally, obviously, typically, typically Andrew at the end end of our meeting today, a few things will happen. You know, first I'd like to review all my notes, make sure I have a really good and clear understanding of the scope of work based upon that. I'd like to review, just give you at least a ballpark idea as far as how long a project like this would take. And also, I'd I'd like to have a discussion about that most dreaded piece nobody looks forward to, the cost. I'm a realist and I I completely understand that the cost is always going to be part of the consideration process. Use a little humor. Yeah, a little bit of humor, but call it out. And so... When you, when you set the table in that fashion, you're now holding yourself and the customer accountable to have that discussion. Because if you don't, you've lost all credibility, okay? So setting the table sets the tone for everything that we're talking about today. One of the things that we talk about in advanced bootcamp is uh, this concept of parent, adult, child, the three ego states. I'm not gonna take a deep dive But when we start to explore the three ego states that we as adult human beings have with inherent within us, the parent, the adult, and the child, you start to understand why the first sale that you make is the emotional sale, because that's the 
the first, the first ego state that we actually sell and help make a buying decision is the inner child within us all that says, yes, okay, Andrew understands me, understands my concerns. There's definitely an emotional connection and bond here. That's what I want. That's the inner child. But then, so again, people buy emotionally, but then justify decisions intellectually. Okay, we've resonated with the inner child. We still have to satisfy the adult and the parent, right? The parent ego state is the one things are going off in their head. They're, measured, they're looking at pros and cons, pluses and minuses. Um, they're asking questions like, is this really the right, right move for us or the right purchase to make at this moment? The adult is the one asking questions like, hey, can we afford this? And if we can, are we comfortable spending this amount of money? Okay. We take a deep dive on that in the advanced boot camp. It, to me, it's really important to understand those ego states. From my experience, the better you are at finding pain and getting to that level of emotion, the less price resistance you're gonna have. It's a rule you can take to the bank, I promise you. And I'm not saying that you're not going to get price resistance. You'll even find that you found tons of pain and they just, for whatever reason, they can't afford it or they got, they got, they have other things going on in their life that are more painful that they have to solve first. I'm just saying that the better you get at finding pain and getting to that level of emotion, the less price resistance you're going to get. The other benefit to talking budget up front, you get to do what we call allowing the customer to write the proposal. Okay. I run into this quite frequently where you're having a discussion, you know, and maybe the customer confides in me right, right off the bat. Maybe I give a ballpark and I, and they either tell me, or I sense that uh, this is, this isn't really quite what they anticipated at this moment or what they feel comfortable with. It's a great opportunity to peel the onion back, right? Continue to ask questions. You know, Andrew, there's any number of ways that we can look at this project. And, you know, my goal is to give you the absolute most work, most value at a, at a cost you feel comfortable with. So would it make sense at this moment, let's review the scope of the work and perhaps we can prioritize and, and redefine the scope of work to fit something, a, a budget that you'd be comfortable with, okay? These are discussions I'm having before I even write or send a proposal, okay? So you're still in control of the process. When you talk budget, be mindful of body language. Um, so it's not always about what they say, because remember, verbal communication is only 7% of the way we communicate as human beings, right? 93% of all communication is nonverbal. So when I start to talk about more sensitive subjects like budget, I, I, it's less about the words that are coming out of the mouth. It's more about the tonality and the body language. Like there's little cues I look for. Okay, have they shifted a certain way? Are they looking away? Are they looking down? Has their, has their facial expression changed? You, you can see these, these subtle cues and get a better understanding of whether they're comfortable or whether, whether they're really not. It, is this project or this pain enough 
for them to part with their hard-earned money. Mm-hmm. And we, we can't move forward until we've confirmed that. Or for other, other projects yeah. competing yeah. for their money or other pains they're trying to solve. And the last thing I will share, and Andrew touched base on this, but you know, go back to the customer's process, right? The defense mechanism of lie, steal, lie, hide. It, there is no, no more surefire way to have a customer hide from you than to send them, send them an estimate for 20,000 when they thought, thought it was gonna be six or 7,000. I guarantee if you like customers hiding from you, that's a good way to do it. So I, I personally don't like customers hiding from me because then I, I don't get my closure. I'm not having upfront and authentic conversations with those clients. It goes back to I'm okay, you're okay. When, when I send, if I, send, if I make the mistake of sending a proposal and hoping for the best, and if it's 10,000 for the proposal, the, the work, and they wanted to spend five, all of a sudden they don't feel okay. And I might not ever know it because they've hidden from me so well, but I made them feel not okay. And I, I, I have heard this conversation. I've had this conversation with other with with clients, even in in my bidding world, where they're saying, "Oh yeah, we got this outrageous proposal." I was just on a job last week on a follow up. They got an they got an outrageous they called it an outrageous proposal for eighty thousand dollars to paint their home. Oh, they are they are hiding from that other contractor right now because their word track they must be so busy they don't need to work or they're not interested in helping us i'm okay you're okay that prospect at that point felt very not okay about their interaction with that particular mm-hmm. with that particular contractor because he just threw out a proposal for what they deemed an astronomical amount of money so i i've heard customers verbalize this to me personally so it is so it's so simple to have these discussions, but we over times many times overcomplicated because t- sometimes talking about money and parting with money is an uncomfortable subject. So the customer's defense me- me- mechanism can be triggered almost at any point, even with past customers. You're not insulated from it. Hitting each of these steps it helps prevent you from triggering the customer's defense mechanism. So just add one more thing. So (laughs) do you ever end? No, no, I am loquacious. (laughs) Um, So go back to the word tracks, the technique. Yep. For me off the record, it just, just like, like, just like using the technique of inverting when finding pain, off the record works beautifully for me. Um, you got to get really good at delivering it, comfortable delivering it. And I purposely change my tonality and sometimes even my body language, meaning my proximity to the client. I might even lean in like, Andrew, you know, off the record. Mm-hmm. Did you have a budget set aside? Or did Notice you have any idea? Body language kind of slumps, like, you know, just, you know, off the record. You know, it's, it's like I'm making myself vulnerable. Yeah. Off, you know, off the record. It may sound a little cheeky, but I can tell you this works like a charm. I've even used it when clients have confided 
just out of sheer frustration that they've gotten, they've, they've already interviewed several people and they're getting proposals all over the place. And they don't even, they don't know what's right and wrong. And I use it there. I'm like, wow, Andrew, that's so interesting. And just when I feel like I have the business figured out, I get confused myself. I mean, off the record, what, what kind of range were the proposals that you were finding? And they confide in me, okay? So off the record is a great nurturing, soft way to segue into this conversation. Again, with, I'll go back to authentic bond and rapport and working towards authentic agreement and lasting relationship. This is not out of manipulation. I'm not saying these things. That the, these techniques could easily go either way, depending on your purpose. Our purpose here is always win a customer for life, make a friend, earn a fortune, to get authentic agreement to struggle or work with as opposed to compete against. So saying things like off the record, if it's coming from the right place, you'll get it. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolandcg.com.